Hello, and thanks for listening to PXP Podcast. It's a show about leadership, self-development, personal growth, and accountability. I'm your host, Jamie Yarrow. Now, you can catch our podcast on almost any platform or directly from our website at pxppodcast.com. To hear it hot off the press, check out our host on the Podbean app. If you have questions or want to hear a particular topic discussed or even want to be a guest on the show, connect with me on social and send me a message. Now, are you ready to kick off today's episode? All right, here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to PXP. I'm your host, Jamie Yarrow, and we are coming to you live from the Colophis. And before we get started today, one of the questions I often get is, what does PXP or play-by-play mean? Where, where did the podcast name come from? And so one of my passions is sports broadcasting and has been for a number of years, particularly play-by-play sports broadcasting. And uh, I have been fortunate enough to be able to call games and be a PA announcer at the high school level, JUCO, semi-pro, and uh, at the D1 college level. I'm currently a PA announcer for Auburn University in their athletic department, and I am the voice of Auburn softball, uh, along with being able to call some soccer matches and some dive and swim events. And so uh, that's where kind of the idea for play-by-play or PXP started off as play-by-play, and then we just kind of shortened it to PXP. Uh, When we launched PXP, I wanted to have a tie to my love of sports broadcasting, and play-by-play seemed to fit because... In the podcast, not only do we want to share, you know, experiences and, um, you know, some of our failures and successes and and things that we have uh, been able to learn over the years, we wanted to share that, but we also wanted to give you a playbook of sorts to help you create solutions and to help you solve problems that you encounter in your professional and your personal life. And, and so play-by-play, while it has a tie to my sports broadcasting passion, is really what we want to do. We want to bring you a play-by-play kind of action or play-by-play view of the topic of the day. And so we broadcast from what we call the Clawface. You've heard us say that before, and it's our closet office studio in Alabama. That's where we started, and we are still in our closet office studio. And so if if you're just starting to listen to us or if you have for a while and you just always wondered, where did PXP come from? There you go. Well, in today's episode, we're going to explore a crucial, uh, yet I think often overlooked aspect of our interactions uh, in both personal and professional. And, And as I've said before, you know, a lot of the things that we approach and a lot of examples we use, a lot of stories we tell, a lot of, uh, playbook that we provide comes from a business or a professional perspective, but so many things cross over to our personal life as well. So take the information that you get from our podcast and apply it wherever is necessary, wherever it works best for you. So, And so that that topic that we're going to talk about today is the value of honest, candid communication. And I think by the end of this, you will have uh, a few nuggets that you can take away. We live in a world where communication is is so much more accessible than ever before, right? 
Uh, we have so many different ways to communicate. I think about, like in, in my roles, the ways that I have to communicate. You know, we can communicate via text. We can communicate via multiple messaging platforms. We can talk on our cell phone. We can talk on a landline, which are now mostly digital, right? We can talk over a video conference. We can email. We can talk over social media. Like, and I'm just probably scratching the surface just off the top of my head. There are so many ways that we communicate now that the art of honest communication, it seems to be fading. And it's not, it's not just about saying what's true. That is part of it. But it's not about just saying what's true. It's about being open and direct and even constructive in our interactions with each other. And look, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, honesty can sometimes be challenging, right? Given the circumstances or the context or the message that you're trying to deliver, sometimes honesty can be challenging. Sometimes it's often easier to avoid those difficult conversations or to maybe sugarcoat it a little bit, right? Maybe to leave off a couple details or to uh, lessen the impact or to communicate in a way that maybe doesn't fully convey our intentions. But listen, the truth is, without honesty, misunderstandings flourish, right? And the opportunities for growth and for good, solid communication, the opportunities for success and collaboration and the opportunities for trust, all those things are lost. In the business space, the stakes are super high, right? The, the, the impact of honesty in business is extremely important. A team that communicates candidly, listen to me, is more efficient. They will be more innovative. They'll be better equipped to handle challenges. And I'm talking about a team that communicates candidly, right? We'll talk more about that, but honest feedback and, and sometimes that's hard to give. I get that. Sometimes it's hard to receive. But it literally is the bedrock of improvement and about progress. There is a fantastic book out there that deals with candid conversation. I, I highly recommend it. I've talked about it before on the podcast, probably in my top 10 books. Uh, it's written by Kim Scott. The book is called Radical Candor, and she dives deep into this topic. Right? She talks about how radical candor can really transform workplace dynamics. It's about caring personally, but yet challenging directly. Right? It's about being able to say what needs to be said in a way that the other person knows that you really care. And that is a oftentimes is a tough thing to do. It's a balancing act. It's a fine line sometimes. But it's so important right? The balance is crucial. It's, it's not just about being blunt, but about being empathetic and about being direct. This is a huge piece of organizational and even family culture. We talk about culture in the context of organizations all the time, don't we? We always talk about a business's culture or a team culture. Uh, we talk about an organization's culture. But look, your family has a culture as well. And being candid, being honest, uh, being blunt but caring, being empathetic yet direct, those are things that in your professional and personal life are crucial. 
to uh, helping to maintain, you know, a positive, successful culture, right? Uh, and let's talk about the medium for conversations for a second. I mentioned earlier that there are so many different ways that we we communicate now, but in an era that's, I would say, dominated by emails and texts, the value of face-to-face communication is often understated. Uh, and I'm, I'm guilty of this. I find oftentimes that it might be easier to email or to text than it is to have a face-to-face conversation or a Maybe you can't uh, have a face-to-face. Maybe you're not in the proximity of a person, but you can have a video conversation or, you know, at, at best a verbal conversation so that tone can be brought into the conversation. So there's no miscommunication over tone. Uh, when we talk in person, we're able to pick up on those nuances, right, that digital communication often misses. I mentioned tone, uh, facial expressions, body language, I'm an adjunct professor at Liberty University and I teach in the School of Business and I teach business communications. And it is near and dear to my heart. And communication is one of my absolute passions, uh, helping people to learn to communicate better, helping them to resolve conflict through good, solid communication. Uh, but, But oftentimes, you know, those things in the digital communication age, the things I mentioned, tone, facial expressions, body language, those are missed. In fact, one of the things that we teach in class is that 93% of communication is nonverbal. So think about that. Just let that, let that sink in for just a second. So in an era that is dominated by email and text, okay, and 93% of communication is nonverbal, you're left with 7% of, of your ability to communicate when you rely on email and text. And I get it. Hey, look, I'm not bashing email and text by no means. <laughs> there, is, there is absolutely a place for those things, a, a very valuable place for those things. And many, many, many things can be communicated over email and text. So don't, and I'm, I'm a big texter, so don't, um, even in the business space, I believe in it because that's just how a lot of people want to communicate now. And I am totally fine meeting people where they are. But there's times when those mediums are just not sufficient. You know, when you miss the majority of your ability to communicate because it's over email and text and and facial expressions and body language are missed, that can absolutely and really drastically change the meaning behind our words. And it's all about the context, right? It, it depends on what the message is. And I will just tell you, just as a blanket statement, uh, I'm sure that there are exceptions to this rule, you know, based on the situation. But as a blanket statement, anything that has a level of conflict to do with it, anything that is that has the potential to have some friction uh, involved in that communication... I would recommend that you steer clear of email and text and you stick to some form of live, if you will, communication, whether that's verbal, face-to-face, video, whatever that looks like, but it's live, right? It it has the ability to, uh, I'm going to call it verbal plus, right? At least verbal, maybe over the phone, whatever. But then, you know, even better than that is 
is uh, video or face-to-face because then you get that those facial expressions and body language. At least over the phone, you can pick up tone, but the best case scenario, if you're, if you're dealing with something that's critical, if it's, if it's uh, involving conflict, if it um, has friction involved or some uh, feedback, you know, some critical feedback, something like that, take that thing to a verbal plus communication method. Um, every time, without exception, find a way to have a verbal plus conversation with that person. Make it a face-to-face or at, at the very least a verbal conversation. I talk about this some in the book that I'm writing. I've got a chapter that deals with this about communication and the medium that we use and, and dealing with conflict resolution, walking through conflict resolution and how the medium of communication matters. It's just too important to overlook because too often those digital messages are misinterpreted. The written word, however that is, text, email, or even handwriting, it lacks the warmth and clarity that comes from a real conversation, a verbal plus conversation. An email or a text is often straightforward. Uh, It comes across sometimes cold or even aggressive, depending on how it's read, right? I always tell people, you know, in in a perfect environment, we would... We would read emails, texts, and we would read them and give the sender the benefit of the doubt. But we don't always do that, do we? Right? How many times have you, have you read an email or you've read a text and you read it in, in the worst possible uh, light? You read it in the worst possible tone, if you will. Uh, you, instead of giving the benefit of the doubt, instead of giving the benefit of, of the doubt for tone or intent, oftentimes... We go the other direction and we apply, you know, a negative tone to it. And we do that. We're just human nature, particularly if there's any friction with that person already, right? Or or depending on how, what kind of day you're having. You know, if you hang up the phone and you've just had a really hard conversation with a client or a coworker, and you, you know, maybe you just had a very difficult conversation. It was very negative. And then you open your email and you read an email that's very straightforward and, and maybe fairly sterile, uh, and you read it, and when you read it, think about how you feel right, right now, and that's how you often interpret that message. And so we often misinterpret those, right? In that email or text, it comes across not as it was intended. But think about the, the opposite. When we communicate face-to-face, there is, number one, an immediate opportunity for clarification, Right, so if if you don't understand something, if you don't, if you don't, if you're not uh, catching their tone, if you're if you're not, the the message is not being received clearly. You can immediately just ask for clarification. You can immediately ask a follow up question. You can read body language. You can read facial expressions. You can get the tone, and you put all those things together. And instead of having seven percent communication, you have a hundred percent communication, and you can form your opinion or you can form, you know, how you're going to receive that message. And it fosters a level of sincerity and, and frankly, a level of authenticity that electronic communication just fails to capture, right? Does that make sense? Are you following me? And are you thinking back maybe to some times where some of that might resonate? So because this is play by play, because it's PXP, we talked about at the top of our episode, 
I want to give you some playbook steps. I want to give you some steps to deliver effective and candid communication. So if you're a note taker, if you like taking notes or uh, you like to jot down some things, you want to take away some nuggets from today, here's going to be some things that will be effective in helping you be more candid in your communication. So number one, uh, empathy and understanding. So I've got a list of, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven things that I jotted down. Okay, so this is number one, uh, empathy and understanding. Look, start every conversation. We're talking about candid communication now. All right, so we talked about the different mediums and how that affects interpretation and uh, and, and all that. We talked about all that for, we kind of got off into that little rabbit trail for a minute. Let's come back and talk about the, the idea of today's episode, and that is, that is candid communication. So start every conversation from a place of empathy. All right. Understand what the other person's perspective is. Try to put yourself in their shoes. All right. So when you're communicating, try to have an open mind. Try to put yourself in their shoes. There is a tremendous benefit to understanding the other person's personality type, if you can. You know, a lot of organizations are doing personality types and personality type training to help each other communicate better. You know, we all have our unique idiosyncrasies. We all have our quirks, if you will. And sometimes, you know, those quirks, they they may not set right with us, right? So you don't like something about someone, but you know what? You have quirks too. And we have to overlook each other's quirks. You know, we have to, I'm not talking about things that are truly negative. I'm just talking about things that make us unique, you know? And so we have to overlook those. We have to understand those, put ourselves in the other person's shoes and come from a place of empathy. All right. Number two, be direct, but listen, be kind. All right. Be clear about your message, but ensure that it's delivered with a level of kindness. I've always said this in an organization, So as leaders, leaders, listen to me for a second. As leaders, we can tell our teams anything, right? They can hear whatever we have to tell them. And that's what I'm trying to say is we can tell them whatever needs to be said as long as we tell them the truth. They can handle it, right? Our teams can handle it. They can handle hearing whatever we have to say as long as it's the truth. You know, it may not be good news. It may may not settle well. But you know what? There's a, there's a tremendous amount of respect. There's a tremendous amount of appreciation that comes from someone just being honest. And so be honest with your people, right? Just um, be, shoot them straight. Just be straightforward. Be clear, but kind with your message. All right, number three, active listening. As, uh, as a person who's trying to improve their candid communication skills, be an active listener. And this means fully concentrating. Listen, understand what the other person's saying. Ask clarifying questions if you don't. Respond to them. When they're asking questions, when they're talking, acknowledge what they're saying. Respond to them. And then remember what they said. So this is huge, right? And I want you to, I want you to try this. I want you to do a little exercise. The next time that you're having a conversation with someone, And listen, I get it. It's so easy to be distracted, particularly when we have those phones in our hand, right? Or you're sitting at a computer and, uh, or you're on the phone and you got your computer up in front of you, or you're on a video call and you've got email on the other screen. 
Like I get all, I understand all those things, right? I, Cause I'm, I'm right there with you and I know how challenging it, it can be, but I want you to do something because I think it will blow your mind. I want you to, the next time you're having a conversation with someone, I want you to be fully present. You can do this in your personal or professional life. You can do it in the next 10 minutes, right? So when you get done listening to this podcast, the next conversation that you have with someone, I want you to be fully present. I want you to listen. I want you to engage in that conversation. Put away the distractions. Put down the phone. Turn off the TV. uh, Close your laptop screen. Like whatever it is, right? And just be fully present. Respond to them. Engage in them. Ask clarifying questions. Let the conversation be about what they're talking about. You know, there's an old saying, hold on, let me get it right. Uh, Too often, we listen to respond rather than we listen to hear. Let me say that again. Too often, we listen to respond rather than listening to hear. Isn't that right? So often we're listening, waiting for what we are going to say. And, and while someone else is talking, our mind is racing about what, how we're going to respond instead of listening to hear what the other person says. And th- that's active listening, right? It's engaging in, in, in that art of active listening. So I want you to do that exercise. I want you to listen. I want you to fully concentrate on what they're saying. Give them your full attention, Understand what they're saying. Ask clarifying questions. And when it's over with, remember what they said. You're going to be amazed at a couple things. I know you will. And I would love to hear some feedback on this if, if, if you do it. And, uh, you know, w- go to our Facebook page, PXP Podcast. Go there. And this episode will be posted. And drop us some comments about how it worked for you. But you're going to be amazed at two things. One at how much more you got out of the conversation. You're going to hear more than you are used to hearing. The other thing that you're going to do, and this will blow your mind, the person on the other end, the sender of that information, is going to be so appreciative of your active listening. I'm telling you, do it, and you'll see what I'm talking about. All right. Um, Next, number four, use I statements. Okay? So frame your sentences with I statements to express your feelings without casting blame, okay? I versus you. Does that make sense? Let me give you an example. Maybe your feelings are sideways because you feel like your input is not being heard, all right? So you're having a conversation with someone. And so let's let's contrast these two statements, all right? So let's say the first one is, you never listen to my ideas during meetings. It's like, You don't put value on my input at all, all right? You never listen to my ideas during meetings, all right? Now listen to an I statement. I feel like my ideas are not being heard during our meetings. It's important to me to feel that my input is valued, all right? So it's you never listen to my ideas versus I feel like my ideas are not being heard, right? See how one is is kind of attacking, and it puts the other person on defense. It's a little aggressive versus the I statement. I feel like my ideas are not being heard. One casts blame. The other one does not. All right. So think about that using I statements when you're bringing up uh, some, some kind of criticism or concern or something like that. 
Uh, number five, I think we're on. Encourage openness. All right, encourage openness. There should be an environment where others feel safe to express their opinions. And I know in some organizations this just isn't the case, but it should be. And I know some some folks will say, well, it just depends on the environment or it depends on the context. or It doesn't really, right? Everyone should feel safe to express their honest opinion. Now, sometimes that opinion, it needs to be expressed at the right time, perhaps in the right place, okay? But your team should not be stifled from sharing their opinions because they don't feel like it's safe, right? So encourage openness. And that is uh, what helps to encourage candid communication. And you may think, well, we have a organization that encourages that. We have, we encourage openness, but do you? So how you've responded in the past to candid communication or uh, or, or concerns or critical feedback or questions, how you have responded to that in the past is really what sets the standard. If you received feedback in the past and you were critical about that feedback, the next time people may not be so apt to provide that feedback, right? So if you're asking for feedback and you're not getting feedback, maybe look in the mirror about the way that you've handled feedback in the past. And you should. You should create an environment where others feel safe to express their opinions. Okay, number six or five. I don't remember what number we're on. If you're writing them down, you you know, body language. This is a big one, right? Uh, pay attention to those nonverbal cues. Uh, oftentimes, body language speaks louder than words. You've heard that said before, like it's not what you say, but how you say it. In the sports world, body language is a big deal. Coaches do not want to deal with athletes that have poor body language, right? You ought to be able to control it. You ought to be able to project positive body language because oftentimes that speaks louder than the words that are coming out of your mouth. So pay attention to your nonverbal cues. And that kind of goes back to also to active listening. You know, if my nonverbal cues are that I'm not paying attention, because maybe I'm not, because my nonverbal cues might be I'm staring at my phone or I'm staring at my computer or I'm looking out the window or whatever. Um, those nonverbal cues are telling the other person, I'm really not listening to you or what you have to say is not important in my mind. So pay attention to nonverbal cues, both from a sender's perspective and a receiver. Uh, next up, regular check-in. So post-conversation, think about that. Check-in maybe throughout the conversation, but after the conversation to ensure there's a mutual understanding and to address any uh, concerns that may be lingering around. If you have concerns that are, are still there, bring those back up. That's what candid communication is about. That's the whole point of candid communication is to break down those communication barriers, right? So that was number seven. So th those were empathy and understanding, being direct, but kind, uh, active listening, using I statements when it makes sense, uh, encouraging openness, paying attention to our body language, our nonverbal cues, and then regular check-ins. And, and so however you want to phrase that, but like uh, just ensuring mutual understanding might be a, a better way to say that. But 
So those are seven steps or seven tools, seven nuggets, if you will, that can help you be more effective in your candid communication. And look, this is not something that, that changes overnight, right? So communication skills are built over time. Yes, there are things you can do to help speed up that time frame to become a better communicator. You can do it more. Uh, you can be active in the process, active listening, uh, eliciting feedback, working on the things that we're talking about today. Those things can all help you speed up your journey to become a good communicator, to be a good candid communicator. But it is a journey. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, you don't be a you don't become a great leader overnight. It takes experience to become a great leader. And there's nothing that you can do things to speed that up. You know, you can be mentored, you can be coached, you can do self-development. You can immerse yourself in things. There's Obviously, there's a, baz- a bazillion things you can do, but you can do things to speed up that process of becoming a good leader, a great leader. But there's also that thing called experience and time and nothing can substitute for those so it's a journey, right? And it's not even a, a destination. We're not even looking for, I've arrived at being a great communicator. I think I do extremely well at being a good communicator, but I know that I still have lots to learn. It, it requires constant effort. It requires self-reflection. It requires feedback and being open to receiving that feedback and a willingness to change or adapt or make correction when necessary. In our personal lives, friends, it deepens our relationships. So we've been talking about business a lot, but candid communication in our personal lives, it deepens our relationships. It creates bonds that are built on trust and respect, right? If there's not honest communication, there is no trust. And without trust, there is no relationship. You want me to say that again? Without honest communication... There is no trust. And without trust, there is no relationship. And in business, quite simply, it's often the difference between whether a team can work together, whether they just function and they get by, or whether they're exceptional. I think we all want to be part of a team that's exceptional, don't we? Well, candid communication is a big piece to that puzzle. So I want to challenge you. Work on being a better communicator. Be present during conversations. Be an active listener. Go through those seven steps to becoming a candid, a more effective candid communicator and see where you can get a little better each day. Well, that's all the time I've got for today. If you like the podcast, won't you share it with your five closest friends, maybe even your network? Because I know this, if you liked it, chances are your friends are going to like it too. Most of all, though, as I say every single episode, I hope that something that I said today helps you to become a better version of yourself. I'm Jamie Yarrow, and I hope you have an absolutely amazing day.